like to start today's episode by quickly talking about yesterday's tragedy in Buffalo. Ten killed in a mass shooting at the Topps Friendly Markets on Jefferson Ave. A little too close to home. 18-year-old white supremacist. Think about those words. 18-year-old white supremacist. How does one become a white supremacist at 18 years old? What the hell are we doing in this country? The internet? How do you do you blame the internet? You can't say the internet created racism. I don't know if you've taken a history class. It was around well before the internet. But maybe the indoctrination and the the push towards extreme violence like this, right? Because this kid live streamed the whole thing, posted it. The sickening thing, and honestly, it makes me want to, Oh my god. Excuse me. It literally makes me want to throw up. <clears throat> I have to catch my breath. <sighs> I have to catch my breath. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw out or burst out throw up or burst out crying or something because it was live streamed. Some of the clips are out there. And I'm a I'm a Twitter news guy, so Oh man. I'm sorry about the beginning of this podcast being a little Let me just take my time for a second. <clears throat> Yesterday I was reading everything I could about this. It was it was happening at the end of what was otherwise a perfect day for me. My wife and I Spent the whole day gardening, had the day blocked off for literally for about two months saying, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to spend Saturday, May 14th is going to be gardening day. And I had mowed the lawn. I had, you know, we had picked up mulch and flowers and veggies for our veggie garden. And we were getting ready to really, really just, we were in the middle of gardening and I went upstairs, used the bathroom real quick, wash up a little took a look at my phone I had a news alert and there it was and uh throughout the night then I just couldn't stop reading about it as more and more information came out and uh yeah this sick kid live streamed it and if you're not careful you're going on YouTube or I'm sorry on Twitter you'll come across some of the clips from his live stream and I did and I don't know what makes you when you see that. I don't know what that is that makes me pause for a moment and and you watch a little of it. And uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know why I do that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. What is that? I don't know. Is that noble in that I'm trying to make it as real as possible for myself, trying to teach myself the lesson and saying you have to watch this. You have to see what humans are capable of. You have a child who, by the way, you might even hear in the background playing in the backyard because it's a beautiful Sunday morning, and I'm drinking coffee sitting in my front yard right now. But it, it, I don't know, what is that? What is that? Why Why do I have to watch that? Why did I watch a little bit of that? Is it because I think there's pure evil in this world, and I need to know what evil's capable of because I have a three-year-old? Or is it morbid curiosity? I don't think it's that, honestly, because I, I don't want to see that because that... <sighs> anyway, 
And then, of course, now it, 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 it spurns the argument because when mass shootings happen, what happens? The two political sides point at a mass shooting and they say, see, there's proof that I'm right about guns. Liberals say, look, guns kill people and good guys with guns don't save people, right? Take a look at the gun this kid had. He had some sort of, I don't know, he had a gun you would only see in a video game. The, the, the thing, he, he pulled the trigger and it shot however many bullets all at once. It was, it was like a, literally like a cartoon or something, like a video game, like I said. <laughs> Excuse me. And then you see a security guard with, a, with a, I'm going to assume, a handgun is no match for that. So a good guy with a gun doesn't stop the bad guy with the gun. So that's the liberal argument, right? Liberal argument is this kid should never have this gun to begin with. And look, even a good guy with a gun can't stop the bad guy with the crazy-ass machine gun. The conservative argument, and I I will admit, I would say, in these cases, the conservative conservative argument is far more of a stretch than the liberal argument. Because this kid went in ready for war. But the, uh, the, 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 the conservative argument is, well, being drawn on first and without warning is completely different. You know, kind of talking about or answering the liberal side of saying, hey, there was a good guy with a gun there. They had a security guard. Didn't help. So they say, well, you know, if you're drawn on first without warning, that's different. I'm talking about armed individual number two and number three. That, that's who can stop this thing. You know, we need a completely armed society. If everyone in that store was armed, then they, they would have stopped him, you know, before he killed 10. And they'll stick to that. And the liberals will stick to their sign. And we'll have thoughts and prayers. And there will be a vigil. And, uh, you know, maybe retaliation, which is what's very scary, right? So, are we ever going to get anywhere on the gun thing? No. Not as long as a mass shooting can happen and both sides of the political spectrum can point to it and use it as evidence that their side is right. i tell you what. Let's do this. Let's hit the intro song. Let's come back in a better mood. Ready? Let's do it. Let's do a better thing. Let's just change the attitude here. Still a beautiful Sunday morning, as I mentioned. Freshly manicured lawn. To still steal a uh, a line from my old buddy John DeTulio. If you pull in my front yard right now, you're gonna think you just pulled into Oak Hill. You're gonna look around and go, "Oops, I meant to go to Polly's house, not Oak Hill." <laughs> we did a good. The lawn looks good. I love it. Laid mulch, planted flowers. I got my vegetable garden. Finally, I, I feel like this is the year I learned my lesson on my garden too. 
my garden every year. I get overzealous and I uh, overcrowd my garden because at this time of year when you're planting little baby plants, you think you have more room in your garden than you really do. Problem is you fast forward a couple of months and it's all overgrown and everything's growing on top of itself. And, it, and it, you know, it, so this year I finally did it. I actually measured out and left the space that the plants are supposed to have. And the truth is my garden, it, it, you know, the amount of plants I planted is, is like half what I normally plant just because I'm trying to obey the overcrowding this year. But uh, it was a great day, absolutely great day yesterday. The weather, a lot of people are saying they're loving the weather. I'll admit I'm loving the weather. Look, it's 7 o'clock Sunday morning right now. The sun's up, and I'm sitting outside in a T-shirt and shorts. This you can't beat. What you can beat is the 90-degree heat. That I don't like. As I said on Twitter this week, 80 is wrong. 40 is wrong. 60 is the only acceptable temperature. (laughs) I'm not feeling 80. I'm not feeling 40. Oh, I wanted to give you one little um, follow-up on last. We we have a couple uh, topics I want to get into this today we're doing some current events today right i do want to comment on police accountability board suspending their executive president and not being transparent about why uh i do want to talk about my former employer radio 95.1 throwing in the white uh what do you call it throwing in the towel they threw in the towel on the midday programming and have uh replaced newman and kennedy with rover i want to talk about that Uh, But first, a quick anecdote and a follow-up from last week. Do you remember me telling you last week about having COVID and how I was cleared from COVID Saturday morning? So I went and worked at the Lilac Festival. Well, first thing Monday morning, I get a call from the Monroe County Health Department. They say they got a complaint that I had COVID and that I was working at the festival. So I was honest with the woman who called me. I said, that's true. And you should have heard her too. She was all like, oh, well, 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 you can't, you can't do that. And I said, what can't I do? You know, and I'll be honest with you. I was, I was, I was being a bit of a dick because I didn't like the accusation that was being made. Right. And I said, what can I do? And she said, well, you can't be COVID positive at serving food. And I said, oh, 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 you might. You, you know, you might want to talk to my doctor. You should talk to Dr. Andrew Wolf with the University of Rochester. He said I was fine to go to the Lilac Festival. And she says, what do you mean? Explain. And I said, well, you know, five days in quarantine, five days with a mask. My five days with masking started on Saturday. Oh, okay. Oh, so when were your symptoms? And then I explained the whole thing to her, and I told her, yeah, yeah. And then I got nice to her, right? And then I was like, okay, 2.06 a.m. Monday morning, according to my doctor, was my zero, which makes 2.06 a.m. Saturday my five, which means as of Saturday, I was good to go in public with a mask. Well, honestly, within two minutes, the health department said, look, we consider this case closed. Sorry to bother you. And I said, you know, I'm sorry that I was rude at the beginning of the call, but I don't like the accusation. Uh... Ten minutes later, Jeff Springett calls me, organizer of Lilac Festival. Same thing. He says, Polly, I'm working down my list of complaints from the weekend. <laughs> Poor Jeff, too. That's the other thing. He says he's working down his list of complaints from the weekend. I'm sure he was. He's got however many complaints you think come in from the Lilac Festival over the weekend. But he says, you're on the list, and you know I got your cell phone number, so I figured you'd be an easy one. Tell me what happened here. And I gave him the same story, and he literally ended it by you know saying something along the lines of, people will complain about anything. Have a great day. <laughs> I've got to work down my list. Some of these are real complaints. 
<clears throat> so I said, thanks, Jeff. So anyway, just a little follow-up from that. Somebody tried to call the health department on me. And if you're listening right now, it didn't work. Because guess what? I didn't do anything wrong. I did do some stuff wrong. That You want to hear this week? Thursday was a big day for me. Thursday I had my New York kitchen class, cooking class. So it's a long day for me, right? And uh, the day actually started a little different than most because I went to work first thing in the morning. Usually get to work around 5.30 in the morning. But on this particular morning, my wife, who normally does not work on Thursdays, had a golf tournament she had to do. It was media day for the PGA, for 2023's PGA, media day at Oak Hill, which when you ask me if I ever regret leaving radio, this is the first time I've ever been able to say yes. I would have gotten to play at Oak Hill on Thursday if I was still in radio, but no. Anyway, she has to work Thursday morning. Mother-in-law's not available. Father-in-law's not available. I go to work for an hour. I come back. Got to be here by 7. I get here at 7. Take Leo out to breakfast. We went to Charbroil on Monroe Avenue. Then I take him to preschool. Drop him off at preschool. So cute, by the way. He runs into preschool. He is just like, that is his element, right? He loves being there, and I love watching him be there. I leave preschool after talking to the teachers for a minute or two. I leave. I see a couple other parents get in the car, drive straight back to work. I get out. I go in. First thing I got to do, I got to pee. So I walk in the bathroom. I look in the mirror. My fly is down, which means I walked into a preschool Thursday morning with my zipper down, which means, honestly, I could be arrested at any moment. The people who made the health department claim against me should probably... No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, yes. So basically what I discovered was I think my fly was down all morning. I think I went to Charbroil, and I think I went into the preschool with my freaking fly down. So if that's not embarrassing enough, later in the day, I head down to Canandaig with New York Kitchen. And if I'm going to head down that way, I'm usually going to make a couple of sauce deliveries on my way down, make the trip worth it for myself. So one of my deliveries is a place called Casa Italiana. If you don't know it, it's in Canandaig. It's essentially a block from the New York Kitchen. And, uh, and they had ordered some sauce. So I go, okay, well, if I'm driving that way anyway, let me add 10 minutes to my commute time. I'll stop at Casa Italiana, which I do. I am starving. I have not, I've skipped a lunch for whatever reason. This is the same morning I took Leo to Charbroil. Probably I ate a big lunch, a big breakfast. Skip lunch, and I don't know if you've seen me, but I don't skip a lot of meals. I get to, to, to Casa Italiana. It's occurring to me at this point that I'm not going to have time to eat dinner for a few hours still. So I need something to hold me over. They've got pizza. So I ask for a slice of pizza. The woman says, oh, honey, no problem. Let me warm it up for you. And I say, no, 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 don't worry about it. Because, oh, I left an important part of the story out. I'm running late. I've got like 10 minutes, okay? I mean, I don't have a minute to spare here. She says, let me warm it up for you. I said, no, no, don't worry about it. I'll take it cold. Because, again, I'm just thinking, like, got to eat something or I'm going to be hangry here. She says, oh, honey, it just takes five, ten minutes. just takes five, ten minutes. Just let me heat it up for you. And I said, no, no, don't, again, don't, don't worry about it. She says, oh, honey, you don't want to eat cold pizza. And so I just, I lied. Because in my head, I'm thinking, like, just give me the pizza. But and so I just lied to her. And I just, I go, oh, I'm, I'm not eating it right now. I'm not, yep, I'm saving it for later. So it doesn't matter. You don't need to warm it up. Uh, it's not getting eaten right now. She says, okay. Oh, oh, okay. She hands me the pizza. I get in my car by now. You know, my mind is already ahead. I'm already basically mentally, I'm already in class because I've got six minutes to get there. 
uh, get in the passenger seat, buckle my, I put the pizza in the passenger seat, I buckle my seatbelt, I grab the pizza, I take a giant bite out of it, I look up through my window, and there, staring through the glass of Casa Italiana, is the woman who I just told I was saving the pizza for later. <laughs> Watching this fat guy stuff a giant piece of pizza into his mouth, a giant piece of cold pizza. She must have seen. So I feel like she's telling that same story right now. But this this guy couldn't even wait for his pizza to get warmed up. Oh man. All right. Let's switch to a somewhat serious topic. Two topics I still want to cover. I want to cover police accountability board and I want to cover the uh switch to rover in the morning. Two very different topics. But let's get the serious one out of the way first, because I think this will be a little quicker too. And that is that this week the, I guess, board president or executive director or I don't know how we're calling it, but I think executive director is the title. The boss, the leader at the police accountability board was suspended and is being reviewed, put on administrative leave, I believe. And the police accountability board, who has been put in place for transparency, has lacked all transparency on this administrative leave making them, to be honest with you, a giant joke. And I really hate to say that because I believe that unchecked power is one of the absolute worst possible things in this world. I don't think anyone should ever have unchecked power. And I really, I, I, that, that thought for me, that belief comes more from business. I think that people um, who run businesses and surround themselves with yes people you know, they don't put anyone in leadership that will ever challenge them or challenge their ideas. I think that's a problem. I think that's how bad decisions get made when a leader can just, you know, decide anything and his or her entire team is not going to challenge them on it because they're just too afraid to. That's unchecked power to me. And it happens a lot in small businesses for better or worse. I think times, uh, sometimes, I, I believe I have seen small businesses fail because of the... Uh, fact that the leader just can't be good at everything. It, nobody can. I mean, no business person can. In business, not to get off on a business tangent for a second, but in business, you just, it is so rare for someone to be good at everything. You can't be good at everything. You know, a lot of businesses come down to, you know, running the business and then the talent of, of creating whatever the thing is that the business produces or, or services. And so take something like, you know, I don't know, making pasta sauce, right? Maybe there's the talent of making the sauce, running a plant, running the business, running the books, managing the money. Guess what? I'm not good at all of those things. Uh, some would argue I'm not good at any of them. Well, nobody is inside of any type of business. And that goes beyond business and obviously back to Police Accountability Board. That's very extreme, in my opinion, in politics as well. And quite frankly, I think our system's set up somewhat decently where the three branches of government, none of them have ultimate power, even the executive branch. President doesn't have ultimate power, right? He's got to get things passed through Congress, the Senate. Congress, Senate, they don't have ultimate power. It's not a good idea in any situation for anyone have unchecked power and so that's why in its and you know in its core I don't mind the police accountability board because I do believe it's not a good idea for police to have unchecked power now from what I understand they do have an internal affairs department and I don't know how that's structured but if the internal affairs officers 
answer to the exact same officers as the regular patrol officers, that would be an issue. Internal affairs needs to more or less be human resources in the sense that they would have to they should answer directly to the mayor and not to police chief. I think the standard police officer should answer to the police chief. Internal affairs would answer directly to the mayor and get to sort of supersede the police chief. That way there's no conflict of interest. If that was set up that way, which I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But if it was, I would say we don't even need a police accountability board because there does have to be accountability. Of course there has to be. But then you get to the point where you go, okay, Maybe the Police Accountability Board is a good thing. The police should not have ultimate power. Nobody should, right? I've already made that argument. Nobody should ever have ultimate power. But then who manages the Police Accountability Board? Because the problem with this now is that uh, it, it could filter in the wrong direction. So I guess it's supposed to be the mayor, right? And then in theory, the mayor wouldn't have unchecked power because the mayor answers to the people who can vote him or her out. And that's usually how politics work. And this, I guess, kind of enters the realm of politics. Uh, if they answer directly to the mayor and the mayor answers to the people and has to remain in their position by being elected, I can live with that. I think that's accountability for a mayor that they have to be reelected. Anyway. There would be one thing I would say in defense of the Police Accountability Board, and that is that this um, city councilman who wrote them a letter, according to Gino Finelli's tweet from the City News, uh, that said, you know, please keep, while we're doing this investigation, please keep privacy in mind. So I would say they were directed to keep privacy in mind here. That said, their entire thing, <coughs> oh my God, excuse me, their entire thing is transparency. They can't keep things private. It goes against the core of who they are. It's not a good look is where I'm going with this. It's not a good look. I'm going to tell you something I don't like saying. I don't like that I have this opinion, but I do, and I'm just putting it out there, and I'm letting you know how I feel about it. The second I heard about the Police Accountability Board... It had, that's not going to last, written all over it in my head. There was too much going on. You were taking too many new people, all with some experience, but not exactly doing this thing. And I can live with that. I can live with, you know, some experience, but not necessarily doing this exact thing. You pump a bunch of money into it. And you put it into the middle of a very volatile situation. And that is the, the uh, I guess, you, I mean, the, the, the crime rate in Rochester, New York, being the very volatile situation. It seemed to me somewhat doomed. Now, this by no means means it's doomed. I would say the Police Accountability Board is probably, and by the way, have we noticed this morning that I can't say the word accountability? The Police Accountability Board. <laughs> the Police Accountability Board will probably spin this as uh, being something that they've done so wonderfully. You know, they are so good at policing the police that they even police themselves. And they'll probably spin it in that direction, and that's fine. That's what I would do, too. But I do think an organization built on transparency cannot get away with not being transparent at all times. That's all. That's it. That's it. And of course, we're going to want to hear what happened.
whenever this quote-unquote investigation is done, let's hear what happened. They better put out all the details of what happened. I get that you have to redact some stuff if innocent people, you know, yeah, I don't know, if somebody was, if somebody was uh, a victim of something, right? You wouldn't want to publish the victim's name, so there's some transparency that, that even they shouldn't do. But I, I think we got to hear the details of the suspension eventually. I really do. Okay, last things last. I'm in the car. I believe this was also Thursday morning. And something occurred to me, and that was that I was actually in the car during morning radio, morning drive radio. And I go, oh, my God, good. Let me listen. I am so excited. I'm going to listen to the radio. Because normally, like I said, I get to work at 530 in the morning, and then I'm just buried for the rest of the day. I don't get to listen to much radio. So I go, oh, my God. I'm in the car. I've dropped Leo off at preschool. My zipper is down. I'm driving to work. Got 20 minutes. Let me listen to morning radio. This is so exciting. So I flip around a little bit. I don't really find anything all that great. Um, I think at that time, Wham had maybe Lonsberry on. Um, wasn't all that interested in that. I tried CMF. They were literally screaming into the microphone. Wasn't all that interested in that. I get to uh, 95.1. And I and they're in commercial. And it occurs to me, oh, Wheeze is off at 9 o'clock now. Let me hear what's coming next. Now, I had heard from some of my former coworkers that Newman and Pete Kennedy were no longer a thing. Well, what I heard come on at 9 o'clock was very disappointing, and it was Rover. And Rover, remember, I'm a Cleveland native. I'm a Northeast Ohio guy. Rover's our guy. Rover is a king of Cleveland. So I'm happy for Rover himself. But this is Rochester, man. And that's syndicated programming. And syndicated programming on an all-talk station where every effort has been made to stay live and local is throwing in the towel that is a sign of having given up go listen to that podcast i did a month or two ago when radio 95.1 made all their changes where i said that if i heard them slot rover into the afternoons i would have known they were just giving up well same thing applies here they gave up they ran out of options and why did they run out of options why'd they run out of options now i don't know what happened with uh pete kennedy and newman the rumor is newman basically said i can't do this i don't want to do this anymore I don't know if that was a slight on the format, on the station, on his partner, on talk radio in general. I don't know what he was angry about, but in general, I think he was saying, I can't do this. So the show goes away, they replace it with syndication. Why is that throwing in the towel? Let me tell you right now. Every effort on that radio station has been made to go live and local for a long time now, for years, to their credit. Yes, they've let all their other radio stations basically go to sleep other than Wham! and 95.1. They've basically put t- turned the rest of them into jukeboxes. But they have the one station, they have this Radio 95.1 where they've stayed live and local. They showed you that they wanted to be live and local in that 9 to 11 slot. They couldn't do it. Why couldn't they do it? The show they put in there, the young whippersnappers, Newman and Kennedy, couldn't get it done. They don't have a bench ladies and gentlemen my number one beef with my ex-employer was exactly this this was the thing that i told them was going to happen this is the exact thing that i said guys you're cruising towards this and you might say oh really paulie 
Oh, really? You told them this? Yes, I absolutely did. I told every member of management, some of whom are still in decision-making roles at that company, it doesn't feel like you have a plan for the future. We don't have a bench here. And I was told I was the bench, but then I was passed up over and over and I started to realize, oh, this is just going to, this is just something they're telling me to get me to continue to work for no money. By the way, this is why I love my neighborhood. It is, uh, I've been out here doing this podcast for a half hour. The first car just drove by. (laughs) Granted, it is first thing in the morning, but they don't have a bench. They have not done a good job, this company, historically of cultivating new talent. They just don't do it. They are famous for buying their talent. They are very famous for buying people from across the street or for buying syndication and plugging it into those spots that you as a listener and I as a listener and I as a as a past future talent were hoping would eventually go to local young talent. This is it. You've just seen it happen. You've just lost local programming, and you lost it because the effort was never made to build a bench. Because people were let to walk over and over, whether on their own accord or whether they were shown the door. The list of people under the age of 40 who would have wanted that slot had they been treated correctly, cultivated, and cultivated into a role like that is long. I could make you a list of people and I bet I could make it in double digits, but instead every one of them were either shown the door or in my case, in the case of a couple others, we showed them the door and said, listen, I'm not going to stick around for any more like this. I got a family I got to support and you don't pay shit. And I'm doing way too much work. Look, part of the, how did I build my freaking business? My pasta sauce business in the early years, I used to do 12-hour days at the radio station. My job, my obligation was maybe a 40-hour week, call it an 8-hour day, right? I used to do 60-hour weeks routinely. Then I started to realize, this isn't getting me anywhere. I'm going to start to work those extra four hours a day for myself. Boom, the birth of Guglielmo Sauce. Before Guglielmo Sauce came around, I used to do that extra, those extra four or five hours were spent at the radio station doing podcasts and web content and producing, and it just, it it wasn't paying off. All right, my family's coming to the front yard. I think that's my cue to uh, wrap up the podcast. Plus, I got to get this thing uploaded by eight. So I love you. I thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk next week.